Okay, 1 Corinthians 12 is going to be a basis, but before we, before we go there, um, I'm going to spend a little bit of time geeking out here. Uh, I'm not a biology major. I didn't study biology anywhere, but and maybe that's why I'm so fascinated by some things uh, about the human body, is I just don't understand it. Um, but I think looking at what God has provided us in His creation helps us to understand some of the images He gives us in His Word. And Romans is pretty clear about that. If we look around us, um, we have no excuse for not recognizing who God is. Um, so I'm going to tell you some things that I'm kind of excited about when, when I think about biology. Um, one of those things is stem cells. And I actually had kind of studied and looked into stem cells became, before they became such a political issue in this country. But they are fascinating cells. They're completely nonspecific. They don't serve a function in the body except to become another cell, become some other cell. And again, the, the, the political ones are the, the we always hear are the embryonic stem cells. Well, because those are part of an embryo, a child, as, as it's growing. This stem cell decides I'm going to become bone. This stem cell decides I'm going to become muscle. This stem cell decides I'm going to become stomach. We have no idea how they make those decisions, except that it's encoded in the DNA as well. But what forces them to make a decision, well, I'm going to become an eye, or I'm going to become a nose, it's part of God's design. I mean, maybe one day we'll understand more about it, but it's fascinating to me that those common cells, and there are, there are stem cells in adults as well, um, a little harder to get at and see, um, and they don't replace every single cell in our body. That's why we do age the way we do. But I think one of the reasons it's so excited the medical community is if you could get stem cells to reproduce every single cell in your body, right, then you could live much, much, much longer. Those cells wouldn't wear out. Um, and kind of the other thing that fascinates me about that is the DNA underlying the stem cells. Um, that's the genetic blueprint that tells a stem cell, hey, this organism is supposed to have two eyes, so we're going to give it two eyes. <laughs> this organism doesn't have any eyes, so I'm not going to turn into an eye cell. Um, this, this organism is going to have um, this color eye, or this shade of skin, or this length of leg bone. And so we're going to grow and fashion, fashion ourselves into the blueprint for that. And it's all red um, from this code of DNA. And, and you guys may have heard the news about the genome, the Human Genome Project. The, the goal to map the entire DNA sequence of a human being, right? Well, before they, before they finished that, they thought, well, half the DNA in there is garbage. Half the DNA in the human genome is trash because it doesn't produce proteins. Well, once they got it all mapped, what they started to figure out is the other half of the DNA is there as part of what's called the epigenome to form these little keys that turn on and off the other 50% of the genes in the DNA. So half the DNA is there to form genes, the other half of it there is to, to form chemical keys that go and unlock those genes or close them off, turn them off and on, so to speak. So now it's not just a matter of, well, I'm going to go map my, my genome and I'm going to know exactly. 
No, because your diet, your environment, your stress in your life, um, your exercise, your lifestyle affects how that 50% turns on and off the other 50% of the genes. It's fascinating stuff, right? It's amazing to me. Um, so they discovered this genome and then they said, oh wait, yeah, there's 50 quadrillion, quintillion, whatever genes. You know, I don't know how many, I mean, there's only 24,000 or something like that, but the combinations make up different parts, right? Well, now it's multiplied the complexity because those genes can be turned on and off with this epigenome. So now everyone's trying to study the epigenome. Well, I want to use that kind of framework and that kind of pattern to talk about Christ's body as well because I think I see a lot of similarity there. And it helps me understand how you can have one body of Christians that are so different. Right? I mean, it's the thing that I, I don't know how many people struggle with this, but I struggle with it. And I, I titled this lesson Conformity Among Diversity. Right? We are diverse, and I think that's how God intended it to be. And yet, he intended us to conform at the same time and not be the same people. And that's something that I struggle with because when I see people around me who are different and I respect them, I think, well, how can I become more like that? I've got to change to be more like this person, me, myself. Rather than keeping my focus on Christ, I start focusing on different people and trying to be more like them. And I think this pattern of the physical body helps me understand um, the spiritual body a little more. So if you, th if you look back to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 27, I won't go through and read the whole thing over again, um, but I am going to pull uh, pieces and parts out of that. Um, you see that if, uh, well, I'm still in Colossians here, First Corinthians. Yeah, you see at the very beginning of this passage, the way we are introduced into the one body is through baptism in one spirit, right? Verse 13, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we're all made to drink of the one spirit. So it's a beautiful picture right there of grace and faith just it's such a simple phrase, right? By one spirit, we're baptized into one body. God provides the spirit. God provides the mechanism of baptism, and we obey that mechanism through faith. It's just simplicity, right? But that's the introduction into the one body. Now that we're in the one body, right, where do we go from there? How, what, what does it look like? What do I do? How do I act? What do I change and what do I not change, right? Um, and Paul, I think, is that, that's his reason for talking about this, is in verse 14, he says, the body is not one member. We all know that about our physical bodies. We're not one member, right? But what does, what does my body, every single part of my body, have in common? From the hair, to the skin, to the organs, to the blood, it's DNA. The DNA in my hair is identical to the DNA in my heart. It's identical to the DNA in my blood. It's exactly the same, unless I have a cancer or some disease that's mutating it, right? It's the same DNA. 
as a body of Christ, we are to have identical DNA and yet be different members. And what is that DNA? If, if we keep, if we, in fact, if we look at the very beginning of this passage in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, even as the body is, is one and has many members, all are members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. Now we're starting to get a hint of what that DNA is. Is it, is it that I talk exactly like Josh talks all the time? Is it that, uh, you know, I have the exact same life as Chuck? Is that what makes it? Well, no. Then I would be the same member, right? I'm just a, a clone of Chuck. Right? I don't need 15 hands. Two is enough, right, in my physical body. God gave me two hands. That's what he designed me to have. That's enough, right? My foot doesn't, I don't need to train my foot to be my hand. People who lose their hands, they don't have their hands, they do train their feet to be their hands. You've seen that, right? I've seen that. That's fantastic. But when we're whole, we don't need 15 hands. We have one chuck. We don't need 15 chucks, right? Because we're different members. But what is, there is something that's supposed to be the same, and that is this DNA. What, what is the DNA? Okay, I'll push that off a little bit, but I want you thinking about it, okay? So Paul goes into this discussion about all these members, and I, I always get kind of amused at this, because he, it really is kind of funny in verse 15. If the foot says, well, you know, I'm not a hand, so I'm not a part of the body. I mean, it's, it's kind of ludicrous, right? I mean, you're sitting there and you, your foot's trying to walk off because it feels rejected or something. You know? Um, it doesn't do that. Have you ever broken your toe? I've broken a toe. Man, you don't realize how much you use a toe until you break a toe. Something so little, you know, meets that big old couch in the dark. <laughs> and then you're, you're thinking about that toe for the next several weeks. Uh, every time you get up, even when you turn, you know, move your foot differently, the blood pressure changes. I mean, something so small, right? We don't appreciate it until it's hurting. But our, and then our hand, right, starts to take care of our foot, doesn't it? Right? The hand doesn't look down on the foot. It's part of one body. You see how silly that is? Well, it's the same in, in the church. I don't look down on Chuck or James or... I mean, it, it, would, be, it would be crazy. I didn't put them in the body. I am part of the body that serves them, and they serve the rest of the body. But we get tied up in this, well, I've got to be better than somebody else. Or somebody else is outshining me. Or, you know, or, or maybe it's good intentions. I'm not doing as much fill in the blank. Speaking, singing, talking, I mean, whatever, right? As somebody else. Well, it may just be that you're just a different member. And it's not that you have to be the same person as that other person, right? 
the foot doesn't get upset and walk off because it's not a hand. Um, and then verse 16, if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, right? It's the same thing. In verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? This is the point I was trying to make earlier. If every one of us chose one person that we were going to exactly clone and pattern our lives after, and I mean physical person in this room, right? Well, then where would, you know, the other functions be served? One member doesn't serve every function. I do not get up out of my bed and walk around on my hands. I just don't do it. I know people who can. I've seen them do it. And the reason they stand out and they get on YouTube is because it's really unusual. Right? It's not because it's common. You don't put something common out to be advertised. Right? I walk on my feet. That's the purpose they serve. I, I, don't, I don't eat with my knees. Right? So not every single member can perform the same function, nor should they. Right? And I, I, that's what Paul is saying here. This is by design. And the way that happens in your physical body is the DNA that you have, right, says, I'm going to give this person two legs, and I'm going to replenish skin over the life of this person, and they need this much red blood, they need this, these white blood cells. It's all in that pattern, right? But it's expressed differently through different members. Right? Your skin doesn't produce red blood cells. I mean, I don't know if you knew that, but I'll just tell you, your skin doesn't, it's produced in bone marrow. Well, why doesn't my skin produce it? It's not the function of your skin. Is your skin offended that it doesn't produce red blood cells? Is your skin upset? Does it feel left out because it doesn't produce red blood cells? Is it yet less useful? No. It's not. It's just a different member. And it's following the same instructions. Right? The DNA, that's what the DNA is. They're instructions. <clears throat> We as different members follow the same instructions in the Word of God. And we will, in that Word, that spiritual DNA will be expressed differently because we're different people. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay? You know, there are clear instructions in the New Testament to conform, right? To be the same. And I don't want to leave those out. You know, in Romans 12, 2, for instance, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So we are to conform to an image, but it's not the image of this world. We're going to be transformed from this image into something else. Right? Galatians 2.20, we read and we studied on Wednesday. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by, the, by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. <coughs> yeah, that's supposed to be true of every single Christian, is that Christ is living through us. Right? That's absolutely supposed to be true. But what I'm trying to get you to think about and consider is that that gets expressed through you, your personality, through who you are through your position in life, through the choices that you've made in life. You know, you've chosen to be married or you've chosen to be single. You've chosen to work a certain job, you've, you've chosen not to. 
that puts you in different stations in life. So that obedience, that Christ living in you, it's expressed differently. And it's still obedience. It's still membership in the body. Colossians 3, 9 through 11. I really like this passage. Do not lie to one another since you have laid off the old, laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. That's what I mean when I'm talking about the DNA, the spiritual DNA of the church. It's the image of Jesus Christ that's the DNA. I mean, children look like their parents because they have DNA from those parents, but they're not clones of their parents. They're not identical to their parents. That DNA gets expressed differently in that child than it does in the parent. Spiritual DNA is the same way. We can be fully pleasing to God, carrying out what He wants us to in our lives, and it's expressed differently than the person sitting next to us. My hand is fully pleasing me as long as all five of these fingers are functioning and they feed me. That's pretty much the big thing. As long as I can get my sandwich to my mouth, I'm happy with my hand. Right? That doesn't mean I'm happy with my broken toe. But if my feet are serving me, my hand is serving me, my knees are serving me, if each member is serving me, I am completely satisfied and happy with the way my body works. And when it doesn't, things have got to get fixed, right? We, as members of the body of Christ, need to have that same image of, of His body. I am responsible for serving Him in the station that I have in this life, in the capacity that I have with the skills and the talents I've been given. I mean, it's kind of exciting because you get to sit down with the Word and you get to sit down with a mirror and you look at both and you say, all right, how do I get to express Jesus with who, by who I am? Am I, am, am I a light-hearted, funny, jokester kind of person? Can I go make somebody smile? I can't do that. I just, I'm way too serious all the time. I appreciate a good joke, but I'm just, I just don't have a good way to impart and, and I don't, I don't have a, a way of levity about me, right? But I really appreciate people who do, especially when I'm feeling bad, right? And they can make me laugh. It, it, we just have different personalities. So we get to sit down with this, this DNA of Christ, right? I mean, jo like Josh mentioned, that's the image of God. We were made in His image. And we've been remade in His image, right? If we've been baptized, we've been remade. That's what Colossians 3 said. We've been created again in His spiritual image because we messed it up. Now we get to sit down with that and, and consider and plan and work and think about how am I going to express this in my life to those people around me because that's the DNA that I have. And that's the pattern. Those are the instructions that I have. So, we, yes, we have... We have clear examples to be the same in some ways. 
But that sameness is the underlying foundation. And then it gets expressed through us differently. Because we're different members. Okay. So obviously there's room for differences, right? Not just room. Let's, let's look back in 1 Corinthians 12. There, there's a verse here. Verse 18. I love verse 18. I love it. Now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as He desired. I mean, chew on that for just a little bit. You, with your own free will, decide that you're going to obey Christ and become a Christian. And yet, it's God's wisdom and power and providence that puts you exactly in the body where you can serve Him. You see that in verse 18? God has placed the members, each one, not just in general, like, yeah, these people kind of go together, they mesh and meld or whatever, so that, that's good. No. You, as a member, have been placed in a position right now to serve Him completely and satisfy Him with who you are, with what you know, with your abilities, with your skills, even with your weaknesses, you can serve the body just as well as a perfectly functioning physical body serves the head. That is, that is amazing to me. I mean, that's power. If, if you want to talk about power, that's, that's the power of God. Is that you have chosen to follow Him, and because of that choice, He says, alright, now you're in a position here in this body to, to fully satisfy me and please me and serve me. You don't have to go find that. You don't have to go hopping around cities and countries and congregations and families to say, well, how am I going to finally be in the right place in the body to serve Him? If you're breathing and you're a Christian, you're in that place now. That's what this verse says. If you're drawing breath and you're a Christian, God has placed you perfectly in the body. And that's true of the person sitting next to you. That person is there because God has placed them there. I mean, this helps me stop worrying about comparing myself to other members. And stop striving to try to achieve, right? I don't know. I mean, my foot doesn't try to achieve something over my hand every day. It's just, it, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit. There's not anything I need to achieve over another member in the body of Christ. We're serving each other, and we're serving Him together. It's a beautiful picture. And I, I think I appreciate it more and more the more I learn about the human body is that there's so many systems in this body that all work at the same time nervous system, the endocrine system. I mean, all of these systems have di completely different functions and yet work together at the same time to allow me to function. If we would just do that individually ourselves and say, I'm a member 
of the body of Christ. I'm going to do what I know to do. And, and he's happy with that because he's placed me where he knows he can use me. Okay. So we know we can be alike, but there's room for differences. So what are some ways that manifests itself? Right? Um, look at the end of this passage. And, and we didn't read this part. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 28 God has appointed in the church, first, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healings, do they? All do not speak tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? One way that this spiritual DNA gets manifested among a church or among the church universal is that we have different roles within the church. Now, I mentioned this earlier. Sometimes those roles are determined by the decisions that we make. If I have chosen to be single and I have remained single for the rest of my life, I will never be an elder. Right? It's just a role I'll never fulfill. I mean, it doesn't mean I'm not a member of the body of Christ. All are not elders. Okay? Um, and then there are, are roles that you have you had absolutely no decision in. Right? If you're born a man and you're in the body of Christ, whether you like it or not, you need, you may need, you may have to perform leadership roles depending on where you're a member of the church. Just the role you've been given it had nothing to do with your choice. I mean, the scriptures are clear about that. That's just how God designed it. So one way this gets expressed is in our roles, right? Sometimes those roles are determined by choices we make. Sometimes those roles are not. But we need to look into the DNA, right? We need to look into the Word, the pattern, the instructions we've been given, and say, okay, I, here's my station in life. Here's my position in life. Now are there roles in here I see described that I can fulfill? So one way is just to look for roles like that. Um, another way this, this gets manifested, I kind of touched on earlier. Well, actually, before I move on, um, there's another list in Ephesians Four, um, verses 11 and 12 um, Ephesians 4.11 and he gave some as apostles some as prophets some as evangelists some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ and I wanted to mention that because all of those roles he mentions there they're the means and not the end do you see that? The end for a man isn't that he becomes an evangelist and then he's achieved, right? That's, he's done. Or he becomes an elder and then he's done, right? Because that's a role, I'm in the role, and I'm done. 
that's the means. You've just turned yourself into a tool for God, is what you've done. The end is the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. That's the end. That's where the work, according to Ephesians 4, that's where the work is done. It's done by the saints. It's done by the members of the body. So, we have different roles. We're not all, I mean, there aren't apostles today, right? Does that mean we're not members of the body? No. We're just different roles. We have different roles. Um, so there's another way that this DNA gets expressed, and I talked about it earlier, and that is just our personality. Right? Um, I think this is a, an opportunity just to know yourself and who you are and think about your characteristics and say, you know, this is what my friends say about me. Because you may not see it in yourself. Very rarely are, you, are we able to really see ourselves for who we are, right? Just kind of think about what your friends say about you, what people around you say about you, and say, okay, I have this quality, I have this characteristic, I have this personality trait. How can I use this in God's service? Because you're still following the instructions. What are the instructions? Right? Love God, love your neighbor. Upon these two commands hang the law and the prophets. Everything, everything that God wrote down for us to read in the Old Testament was, on the, was hung on those two. Right? And that's everything going forward. Love God and love your neighbor. Now, what do I know about myself that I can turn into that? The, be, the, the best thing I can tell you to do is go back to the instructions, go back to the DNA, and say, okay, what do I see Jesus doing? What do I see the apostles doing? What do I see Jesus teaching? What do I see the apostles teaching? Right? Look at what they did and look at what they taught and say, okay, how can I express that through my personality? We are not all going to be carbon copies of each other physically in our lives. But our DNA is the same. I mean, that's just not a choice we have. God did that. When you're baptized into the body of Christ, you're given the same DNA as every other Christian. Now, it's our roles, it's our responsibilities to express that, to express that foundation, to express that, those instructions through our lives. And not to get stressed about trying to become some other person here. Right? but to allow those instructions to change who we are fundamentally, not like our personalities or something, right? God uses those things. Okay, so in conclusion, what I want to say is individually what we need to focus on is the image that we've been created in, or the image in which we've been created that needs to be our daily, we need to think about that every day, the image that we have. And then naturally that's going to be expressed in our lives. It's just going to happen. That's the way God designed us. That's the way God set this world up to work. Is if that's where our attention is and that's where our focus is, 
That's where our heart's going to be, and that's going to be expressed in our lives. So let's focus on the image of Christ rather than the fact that I'm, I'm different than Chuck. I don't need to think about that. I need to think about the image that I've been given. Our various stations in life and our personalities are going to express that image in different ways. And I need to be okay with that. Because those differences all come together to function as a single body of Christ. That's all I have. Thanks for your time.